Looks like it's already been a week, guys and gals out there, and you've got Will and John back. Derek's still uh, playing hooky. I guess he's on his honeymoon. Um, I'm seeing some of his Facebook stuff, and he's not a big social media guy, but I think we've been we've been seeing some of the stuff he's done and some of his wedding pics, and uh, kind of looks like he was happy. For a day or two, anyway. Yeah, until the reality sets in, he's married. <laughs> Until the honeymoon's over, right? <laughs> I guess that's what they say, isn't it? I guess that just leaves me as odd man out now. Oh, come on. You just go get married tomorrow. You'd be like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow might be a little bit quick. But... How long's it been since you were last married? Nine years, ten months. Gotcha. I could almost do it to the day, but... <laughs> <laughs> I guess that was a memorable day. How things been going at the uh, Barber Motorsports Museum. I'll be honest, I can't talk about a lot what was going on. A lot of non-disclosures lately. No. Nice. That, <laughs> no, means, that means cool stuff's happening, generally. Ah, cool stuff. Thing, things are buzzing. We've been in the news a little bit with a few things. Uh, even on the uh, Formula One front, I saw our name mentioned in an article on race car. Uh, don't know if there's any truth to that. I'll be the last guy to know. Usually the day after something happens, I find out about it. No, things been going on. Uh, my X180R project, uh, motors all in, uh, doing the preliminary firing up and testing and we restore everything to a running driving condition, so we've been uh, we're that that's where we're at. We're just getting it ready to go out on the road and put some miles on the thing and make sure it runs and drives. Got that. Then I got to jump on to uh, the Mark Ten project and get that all ready. And we've got a couple other projects going around. Uh, Bonham's auction coming up, and we've been prepping some of our duplicate, triplicate, quadruplicate. Uh, motorcycles, put in a few things from that auction and prepping for the swap meet, which if uh, anybody's in the Birmingham, Alabama area beginning of October, fairly large uh, swap meet, mostly motorcycle stuff, but there's some car stuff that's trickled in there. And sometimes it's a good time to come pick up a, you know, model or t-shirt or something that's car related at a motorcycle event. It's always cheaper. It's one reason I like doing the swap meet. It's just uh, seeing what deals I can find for the four-wheel stuff. But, now, the, the whole swap meet, that's kind of your baby, right? Uh, yeah, I'd say, well, I, normally I like to give credit a lot, but really it's it's mine. I talk to everybody, do all the registrations, sell the vacant spaces, which there actually are a couple because uh, we've expanded the area and it's kind of a, fluid area so I can kind of make it as big as I need to this year. So we've eliminated the 400-person waiting list and things like that. Um, but, yeah, that that's what I'll do pretty much that whole first week of October. Just get, you know, that's all the on-the-ground stuff, not to mention the months and months. It's about a 1,000 hours of work per, per swap meet to put that together. 700 spaces, roughly, and... I think I've got about 500 vendors on those 700 spacers. So it's no Hershey, it's no Charlotte, it's no Carlisle, but it's fairly big in the motorcycle world, and it's 
4.2 miles. If you walk up and down every aisle, there's 4.2 miles of swap meet. It makes it for a, a, a fun weekend. Is that a Saturday-Sunday deal or Friday-Saturday-Sunday deal? Or? Officially. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I've never been. I need I need to make my way uh, up there, hopefully, this year. But we'll just kind of have to see how things fall. Well, officially, it's a Friday-Saturday-Sunday deal. But like most swap meets, uh, things start trickling off a little bit on Sunday. Friday and Saturday. Friday is always the big swap meet day, and Saturday is the big event. Uh, and it's not just a swap meet. Oh, I guess I'll just do a little whole plug for the thing. And that's we, you know, it's Arma Vintage Racing on the track, all different types of uh, historic motorcycles and vintage and 60s and 70s era, mostly motorcycles racing on track. There's uh, an off-road course. There's a trials course. Uh, there's a kind of a carnival-like thing in what we call our fan zone. Uh, a lot of rumors and stuff. I can't um, can't really say what events are going on, but you'll have the Wall of Death, the Globe of Death, a Monster Energy stunt show. It's all. Dang, there's a lot <laughs> yeah, going on. There's about seventy thousand people over the weekend, and it's uh, the whole park's just packed and busy. And last year we had a hurricane come through on Saturday night, so we had to shut it down for Sunday. But we were that. still busy on Sunday. It was amazing the number of people that hung around. We kind of emptied out the swap meet, told everybody to go home. But a lot of people had hotel rooms in that, and the museum was was packed. It was probably one of the busiest days we've ever had for the museum. But it was, you know, just an event. And I like to comment, and, and you, you can tell how good the event is and that we made the right decision last year because I didn't have a single person ask for their money back. You know, we do have a policy where it wouldn't come back, but you always have one or two people that, I want my money back. I want hundred, you know, $100 back for the spot that I had for the swap meet. Not a single person asked for their money back, and so many people have said we made the right decision, made the right call. And times like that, when, the, when Mother Nature wants her way, Mother Nature gets her way. Our Definitely. job is to look at it and go, we can sacrifice a few dollars to save a few lives and that's what we did last year, and everybody had a good time, and we figured it out. This year, we hope we keep the hurricane away and get all three days of the event in place and see what happens. And I, oh, I guess I forgot. We have that Bonhams motorcycle auction, and, of course, the museum's open that, that weekend, too. So it's uh, Motorcycle by Moonlight dinner, too. Uh, Colin Seeley's guest honor and a lot of little things going on, but that's my non-paid for whatever that's what i do during the day and i guess really part of my paycheck goes to uh, buy this podcasting gear and <laughs> pay these fees so that you guys can listen to us so i guess i i need to plug barbers a little bit and if you do have some motorcycle stuff reach out to me i've got a few like i said a few uh swap meet spaces still available i'll i'll get you in and once you're in you're in and you get the right to renew every year Next year, we'll probably go back to a waiting list. So this is a rare opportunity. I've been telling people for years, I'm sorry, i got to put you on a waiting list to be two years, uh, three years, or four years. And we got everybody in this year, much to su the surprise of a lot of people. A lot of, a lot of happy people out there this year. Well, this it, deal, huh? a lot of happy people and a lot of new merchandise. That's one thing I'm looking at is, you know, with all these new vendors coming in and the new spaces. 
swap meets get old. And if you go to the same swap meet year after year after year, I mean, even when I go to Carlisle, you go year after year, it's the same vendor with the same stuff. And I'll be flat honest about it. This year, I'm not going to have that problem. I'm going to say 30% of the vendors are new, and that means 30% of the stuff's new. And it's and some of the existing guys bought more space, so they're bringing out more stuff. Uh, it's just nice. Uh, just just going to be a happening. And of course, there's all kinds of celebrities running around there. You know, you possibly could see Will Posey there if he finally drives down, or <laughs> Brian uh, Fuller of uh, some TV fame there. He always shows up with a contingent of his guys and some bikes, and there's some celebrities out running. Some old. It's kind of amazing to me. I can't drop names, but we got an old sports car racer that comes out who loves his motorcycles. And he he sells some motorcycles and things like that. You wouldn't know he's a, a you know champion sports car racer, but he's there running around. And if you know who he is, you know who he is. And it's just it's just a fun weekend. I enjoy it. You know, it's uh, no, he, he's, out, he's out of Atlanta right now. Okay, but. okay. okay. Because there's another pretty famous stock car driver out of the Birmingham area that I know is into motorcycles as well. He probably uh, wanders out there. Uh, You know, uh, Jason DeSalvo, who is a motorcycle guy, uh, racer for many years, uh, he he shows up at the event. He's really good friends with the museum. And it's just, like I say, it's it's just an interesting weekend and some... People that work for some celebrities show up, so you never know what celebrities they may bring with them. And it's if you're not busy that weekend and you're around Birmingham, come on over. So what have you been doing uh, over at the Big Oak? Are you doing anything exciting, or are you guys actually finally catching a breath? Because you debuted another car last weekend. or Well, technically, we brought... Um... We're building my uncle Jerry a '56 Chevrolet two-door hardtop Bel Air, and we brought it out in bare metal last week. So I guess technically it was its first show. I saw as well. your Facebook pictures uh, on uh, Big Oak Garage uh, with with one of your guys waiting. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna say butt deep in in water, uh, and I and <laughs> I saw that, and I I, I I posted a video of a newscaster and you know kind of made a joke about it but going through my head is isn't will debuting a bare metal car or just a bare metal car and he's hearing this like torrential yeah. downpour yeah we we got a few comments about that luckily uh, you know i looked at the radar and saw the rain was coming so we uh actually it was in the back of the trailer i have a I have a two-car rig so we unloaded it and then i backed out the 55 first series Chevy truck that we'd brought as well. And then I just winched it right back up in the trailer and put the plastic back over it. So it was in the trailer during when all that was going down. So uh, not a drop of water got on it. So Other than the sweat from the poor know, guys pushing it. <laughs> that's what a winch is for. That's what a winch is for. No, I, I was actually up on the trailer. We was about to put our canopy out. and. For you guys that hadn't ever put a canopy on a 48-foot trailer, uh, well, the stuff's made out of sail material. So when the wind catches it, it's gone. And you you cannot physically hold it down. It takes about five people to keep it from blowing away. And I felt a drop of water hit me on the head, and I looked up, and I saw this 
this those clouds coming from three different directions and they was all heading towards us and i'm like man this is kind of odd it, this don't happen in alabama this, this can't be good i looked over and toby that uh, does all of bobby alloway's truck driving and setting everything up for him his canopy had flipped over and was hanging on some power lines and so of course everybody took off over there to help toby and me and gary one of my really good customers we just grabbed our canopy and started shoving it luckily i hadn't rolled i hadn't unrolled it yet so i had unrolled it but i hadn't started unfolding it and putting it over the uh, structure so we just grabbed it and just started shoving it through the roof access in the trailer and by the time we got it all in there and i shut the gate i was i was a little wet but i wasn't you know i wasn't like soaking wet or nothing so we just hung out in the trailer and and man it rained so hard so fast and that that video is a little deceiving because we were in turn three of the the oval track there in Bowling Green and it's all asphalt and all the water from that track goes to turn three. All right. And it's it's banked and so all the water just you know just kept stacking up and stacking up and stacking up and the drain wasn't didn't appear to be working correctly. So you know, it got, you know, three and a half, four foot deep right there. You know, it was, it was, uh, it was kind of a sight to see. Of course, it went down, it went down fairly quick once the drain started working and whatnot. So Levi actually went out there and picked the manhole cover up off the drain and kind of slid it to the side and that helped a little now, bit. Now it's like the, the video that I posted which I assume you saw was from a, something a few years ago with a, a newscaster who's in her little canoe rowing, talking about how flood, the floodwaters were in the area, etc. And two guys walk by her while she's on this live report, ankle deep in the water. So <laughs> it's all about perspective, <laughs> but it, it made a it made a big oak uh, video look pretty cool. With if you would have had a golf cart there, you'd have been in trouble. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was, there was a, there was a Chevrolet Z71 2500 come through there. I say Z71, it was four wheel drive. And uh, it was up on the chrome part of the front bumper coming through there. And I'm like, ooh, man. Cause it, you know, it didn't look, you couldn't tell how deep it was at all. Especially if you had never been there before. So yeah, luckily nobody came through there and, messed anything up but other than that you know we're just uh tying up a bunch of loose ends that kind of have been neglected over the last couple of months via building the camaro and finishing up the truck and so just just doing that and tying up loose ends on the little 42 truck trying to trying to start getting ready so we can put some miles on it and Got a few other little local shows we're going to take it to. Of course, we'll be going to SEMA here for too long. It's, it won't be gonna... long, and SEMA's right around the corner. That, that show, that show just sneaks up on you. It's, it's, it's one of those. It's the same time every year, but man, it just, 
this time of year, it's like time just starts it's something I, I've wanted to go to SEMA to for years, and I've always usually, must have, just about always had ways of going. And it's I talk about it with people and talk about it with people in January and February. And then next thing I know, I look at Facebook or Instagram and, oh, my friends are at SEMA. <laughs> Dang it. How did that slip by on me? <laughs> and that's what I've got to got to figure out a way to track stuff better. Uh, Zara found this little app for my phone and we're able to put things in it. And it's so far working really good because it sends me an email every day and lets me know what's going on. And when I'm scheduling stuff, I can go, Oh, what's going, you know, what's happening. We've even got a fake person for setting aside weekends for events that we might want to do. So hopefully that, you know, maybe I can get to SEMA this year, but maybe I can remember some of these uh, hot rod events next year and some of these concours I've got want to do. There's, I'm trying to make it to the Atlanta concour here in a few weeks, uh, mid September. Looks like that's going to be a pretty happening thing. McPherson College is going to have a presence at that concour too, and of course, Will and I are graduates of their restoration program, so at least I want to go over and kind of harass them because it's like the week before our vintage festival and they won't come to our vintage festival, but they got this motorcycle restoration program at McPherson. Why aren't they talking to us? I'm sure there's politics or money or something there, but it's above my pay grade. I just want to play with cars. Hey, what's the dates on that Atlanta? The last weekend in September? Let's see here. The Atlanta Concorde de Elegance. Uh, September 29th and 30th at Chateau Alain Winery and Resort, right there near Road Atlanta. What's out yeah, west? A little farther than that. A little farther than that. We're going to Dallas, Fort Worth, <laughs> to the Good Guys show. Oh, you've been to Good Guys already this year. Not with the truck. Not with the 42. Took the race car, but. Cool. On taking the race car in the 40. So we're going to see how that one works out for my schedule. And obviously, we know where Will's going to be that weekend. We've been sitting here and we were chatting. We like to kind of do these topics. Sometimes it's cool and we just can have a we've got 20 minutes of good conversation here. And I guess that's the way no driving gloves is supposed to be. It just BS conversation. The theme of the uh, show tonight was going to be sleepers. And, of course, we read an article, and I found an article about sleepers, and we disagree with some of the cars on it. Some of them, like, we don't. And, of course, you can go through, and the article will be linked on our Facebook page. And you can read, find out, do you feel an AMG C63 is a sleeper And in the pre-show conversation? I said, yeah, I kind of think it is. It's almost as fast as the AMG GT, but it's a four-door sedan. While... Will knows what AMG is, and most of our listeners know what AMG is. It's, I had a conversation with somebody, I guess we're going to, I'm going to go back to uh, good old Richard Rawlings, his little incident with his uh, uh, Hellcat Charger or Challenger, where he bounced it off the wall the other day. So I'm going to talk about Richard Rawlings here, and like the AMG Mercedes, if you're a car guy or a listener to our show, I'm pretty sure you know what AMG stands for. And I'm throwing Richard out here because he crashed his Challenger Hellcat during a drag race at Roadkill Nights. The first thing I saw or thought when I saw it is, that sounds like Richard. And not from the fact, what a buffoon he crashed the car. I'm going, all of a sudden, the world knows about it. You 
Google Richard Rawlings crash, the top stories are all about him and Gas Monkey crashing this car at Roadkill Nights. 90% of the population in this country didn't even know Roadkill Nights was happening because they're not car people. But now they see it. Now they're aware. Dodge got some publicity, whether it be negative or positive. It Any publicity is good publicity. It's just how you spin it. But Richard doesn't care. He got his name out there. He got Gas Monkey Garage out there. He probably picked up some viewers to his show over the next couple of weeks. It worked for him. And it's just, I got a little bit of heat saying this on some Facebook pages because, oh, it's not good because all of a sudden the city can shut this event down because he, he was stupid and did this. And it happened. No, I don't see that happening. It's a drag race. The city's agreed to do it. They know there's some risks. Nobody got hurt. Other than uh, that's why that's why them barricades were there, you know. I mean, every year, well, I know the last couple of years at Detroit at the Detroit Autorama, they shut down Main Street right there in front of Cobo Hall, and something goes out there and it, does a big old huge exactly, smoky burnout. We don't know that happens. No barriers. We know or nothing, this happens so, now, and a few you know, more people will attend the event next year. So that's any publicity is good publicity, and I guess that's where I'm going with the AMG C63. Will knows it'll blow you, blow your doors sure. off. I know it will. It, it, I think it is a sleeper because it's a four-door sedan, and I think a lot of the Mercedes buyers don't realize what an AMG can do. Uh, AMG does a program with their dealers that they bring their they bring all of their dealers through this program every year so they can experience what an AMG car does on track, what an AMG car can do with you know passive cruise control. And auto, auto, autonomous braking and things like that, where uh, you know a car dealer is never going to put you in, you know, tell me a Mercedes dealer is going to put you in a hundred thousand dollar AMG and tell you to go full speed into the back of another Mercedes and see if it stops you. <laughs> They're not going to let let two of their cars be at risk like that. But Mercedes will do that in this program. People buying Mercedes don't even know what an AMG is capable of. A lot of the guys selling them don't. So I think that, you know, that car on the list is a pretty good sleeper. Uh, but, you know, when we think of sleepers, what are you thinking of? Um, I said, what's a good sleeper car? Irregardless of the 15 cars on this list, what what jumps up, up to your mind or did something on this list really stand out as a good sleeper? I know this may sound kind of crazy, but to me there's, which I read a lot of car stuff and I kind of know what's coming out every year and whatnot. But you have to build a good sleeper, in my opinion. You know, there's there's really not a good factory sleeper out there anymore. I, I guess as far as a factory sleeper goes, I think they just discontinued it. it. Would be like the Chevrolet SS that you done some work to. Yeah, it would be a pretty decent sleeper just stock. But if you went in there and done a little cam and head work and possibly a little suspension work you got a pretty good sleeper uh a trailblazer ss would was a pretty good sleep but you'd have to take the badging off of it and make it look like a regular trailblazer because when one of them rolls up beside you you just they just look different you know i know it's just you know a little bit of badging and coping on the side of it maybe a little different front bumper back bumper but you know to be a sleeper you got to really look unassuming and be fast and that that's 
why when I see a Mercedes or a Lexus or a Cadillac or anything like that, sleeper is nowhere near in my vocabulary when it comes, not even an AMG Mercedes, a regular Mercedes, you know, because it's going to be quicker than your average four-door sedan. They're always going to have a lot of power to them. You know, a Cadillac's going to be 300 horsepower no matter what model you get. Mercedes is always going to be up there. AMG just makes it a little bit faster. Yeah, and, and, you know, they make them handle better and everything else. So, you know, as far as a factory sleeper goes, there's really not much out there, in my opinion. We built a car three or four years ago. Scotty D labeled it the ultimate sleeper. I guess it could could be that if that's what you're looking at but it's a uh, uh it's a model a sedan if you walked up on it you were thinking this is an original model a sedan that's been lowered just a little bit and but under the hood and it's i mean the hood is original the grill's original I mean, everything, there's not a modified part on the exterior of this car. The bumpers, everything. And the wheels we had made to look like original Model A wheels that kind of hide the disc brakes behind there. Um, But it's got a, I don't really know exactly how many horsepower it was, but a fast fuel injected. Uh, small block forward with Brodux aluminum heads, and I mean, it's it's uh, it, it would it would scare you because I mean you're on tires that ain't but you know four inches wide, uh, but rolling you know rolling twenty thirty mile an hour and you kick the thing it it, it will scare the piss out of you, uh, and you know it's very very unassuming looking. It looks you know like it's still got the four cylinder in it and everything else. So. We even did one tailpipe coming out the back. Granted, it's a, you know, a three inch or two and a half inch. I can't remember what we did. Pipe coming out the back, not a measly little two inch pipe or one inch pipe or whatever they had. Um, so it was, it's, it's, it's pretty unassuming. That's what I, I kind of classify as a sleeper. I mean, if we hit this list, the Taurus SHO's on there. And to me, as an SHO owner, it's definitely a fast car, but it's, you know, 375 horsepower, um, zero to 60 in five seconds. Zero to 60 in five seconds isn't that fast anymore. I mean, it feels fast, and it's a 5,000-pound car that's going zero to 60 in five seconds. I mean, it's fun. I enjoy having it. It's probably a sleeper because, I mean, it's factory walk-in, write a check, and have this kind of power. And it doesn't look that much different different than any other SHO. The one that's on this list that I even forgot they still made, um, they changed the name. It used to be called the Honda Accord Sport, but it's now the Honda Accord 2.0. And it's got a 2.1 liter or something like that, uh, two liter motor from the Civ Type R, slightly detuned. But it's still 200 and, or 300 and some odd horsepower and available with a manual transmission. <laughs> if you, I think you could probably bet most car guys, doesn't does an Accord come with a manual transmission? Most guys are going to lose that bet. But yes, there is actually 
manual transmission accords available. Whether or not you're ever going to find one without ordering it, I don't know. But that one might be a sleeper, but it's not going to be any faster than that SHO with zero to 60 in five seconds. What a sleeper is, you know, take my old ZC CRX, uh, you know, the dual overhead cam looked just like any other CRX, but I had about 40 more horsepower than anything else. Still not very fast, but still faster than most CRXs. Or my old the convertible Isuzu pickup, you know, I always like quiet exhaust. I don't like a noisy, I don't want something you can hear three blocks away. But my Azuzu pickup, while it was black with purple fenders and convertible and lowered and, you know, wing on the back, that's how it ran around for a few years. And then when I blew up the stock motor, the stock motor actually had a head gasket failure. We stuck a, a 350 in it out of a 78 Corvette, but kept it, the exhaust quiet. The thing sounded like a Lincoln. But on the days that it actually ran, it ran like a Banshee. And it ne- nobody, you know, it was the days of the five, the five liter five O's were new cars. And I uh, always remember one race I got in and a guy in his five liter Mustang pulled up next to me, top down, girlfriends checking out my truck. And all this guy could do is accelerate off the line and try to beat me. And then I got him there too. And, you know, it's that teenage or I was 19 years old at the time. And all you wanted to do is, you know, impress girls and maybe have a drink that night. And to me, that was a sleeper. Nobody ever expected an Azuzu pickup to outrun a f- five-liter Fox body, but it would. And that's that's a sleeper, something that we're not not expecting. There's no no rhyme or reason for it to do it. Will's Model A, we put a video up of that about a year ago, and I'll dig that video up or maybe he'll resend it, post it. We'll uh, highlight that. That's that's a sleeper. You know, the stuff on this list in this article, you know, I guess uh, they sent out a week ago or so. so tell us what's your, you know, best sleeper out there. You know, you're talking that AMG, you know, Volkswagen, BMW 5 Series. I, I, think the, I think the best one on the list, in my opinion, is the GMC Cyclone. But that's as bad as the AMG, though, because any guy, any car guy is going to know what the what a cyclone or a typhoon is. <laughs> if 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 you strip the badging off of a cyclone and you pull up next to it, and it's just a square body S ten, you know. Yeah, but you got to take the ground effects off of it. You got to change the wheels. It's still lowered. I mean, it's yeah, but not not a lot. Not not a lot. I'm just by that list would 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 be the cyclone to me because the cyclone, dude, them son of a guns were fast and they were all wheel drive. Yeah, I, I this is where my ten years comes up on you. Is we we had a a buddy that he had the 454 SS when it first came out, and then he got rid of that for the the cyclone and. In the wet, those things were, um, you know, absolutely amazing. They just, they'd outrun, you know, anything. If if a little bit of moisture, a little bit of dew on the road, I, I just don't know how, you know, and that was when they were brand new. And, you know, they still, 
you know, they they still hang out there. And there's a story about Leno, and he's got one. And it's it's the typical Leno rich guy story. He went to buy a Chris. He needed to buy a Christmas tree. He stopped to get a Christmas tree, and they wouldn't deliver it. So he walked to the used car dealership across the street and bought a Cyclone for like three grand. <laughs> and that's how he took his Christmas tree home. <laughs> but and you know, typical Leno just gets lucky. Well, you get you got to be jealous of the guy, but it's yeah. What about the Mercury Marauder? Now that there, there's, you know, police interceptor with a Mercury badge. I mean, it's it's kind of like my Taurus in that it's, you know, they were always black or this monochrome. Maybe they did come in another color other than black, but. Yeah, you could get them any color you wanted. Oh, I thought, yeah. But I'm pretty sure. But that, that's one that kind of gets forgotten. It's just there and and fast yep uh, like i say it's a police interceptor with a mercury bat on it and anybody who's been on the wrong end of flashing blue lights knows that a police interceptor is a pretty quick car what about would you consider like a buick grand national nah every n- no they're I wouldn't say a grand national but like an 84 buick t- uh regal t-type yeah, yeah. In, in white yeah. or yeah. you know some other color other than black, yeah. you know that that's a that's yeah. a good sleeper. That you know th- those are just as fast as a Grand National, and really they are a Grand National. Uh, who else put out? You know the uh, if you go back to the eighties and my love for Chrysler, the old Omni GLHS for its day, it was a you know it was a rocket ship. You know it goes like hell, Shelby, and that's what the GLH stood for, and. Even, you know, sticking in that kind of category, even the little red express truck, you know, I think wasn't it when it came out, wasn't it the fastest production vehicle in the United States? Well, as a former little red express owner, uh, (laughs) I I know a little of those details, but uh, yes, it was the fastest American car sold in 1978. It was the third fastest car in the quarter mile sold in 1978. Or vehicle, the Porsche 928 and the Ferrari 308 were faster than it in the quarter mile. <laughs> Other than that, it was faster than everything else, and you know, that's that's typical Dodge looking for a loophole. Uh, but the little red Express, I mean, it was red. It had stacks on it. It had wood trim. It stood out like a sore thumb. Now take a Warlock or a Power Wagon or something like that. They were just about as fast. They just don't get get the notoriety that the Little Red Express d- did. I, and I always throw that as the first sport truck. Without the Little Red Express, we would have never had the 454 SS, the Cyclone, the Chevrolet SS, the Ford Lightning, the, the Dodge Ram SRT10. Uh, probably, you know, and Dodge is still doing it with the... Hellcat and whatever the wide body challenger is they're doing now. And then the demon and the SRT eight and the track Hawks for some reason, Dodge doesn't seem to care about the, the lawsuits from car crashes. I'm trying to think of some of these other good little sleepers. I mean, if you go back into the sixties and this is where we're going to miss Derek, but weren't like the old four Oh nines and that they weren't anything special other than a big, big motor option in a you know a sedan yeah but they were pretty they were pretty quick but not 
you know. Well, look at a Chrysler 300C from 1957. That was a blistering fast 4,000 pound car. I mean, it. Well, even the Corvair's, you know, Spider. Yeah, but that was, you know, those were marketed as a sports car. Well, that's true. That's true. But jumping back up to the 90s, maybe early 2000s, would be like your, you know, Eagle Talon TSI. Yeah. I mean, those, those, those were pretty quick little cars for, you know, the time. You know, four cylinders were just economy cars and nobody thought about them being quick. And then they come out with these turbo, you know, front wheel drive and turbo all wheel drive cars. And man, them things that flat scoop. The Diamond Star triplets. I remember uh, I was driving the the Plymouth Laser, uh, which was one of the Diamond Stars, not the Chrysler Laser from a few years earlier, but the Plymouth Laser all-wheel drive, and it I think it was the sleeperest, uh, sleeperest, most sleepery, whatever, <laughs> of of the three, because it, it didn't have, it didn't have the uh, wings and the spoilers, and yeah. it was just a simple car with, I think the one I looked at was a 16-valve twin cam written on the B-pillar, uh, but no spoiler or anything, but it was all-wheel drive, and very beginning of that, sport import craze you know those cars were introduced in 88 and mishibishi and diamond star had them right until the third generation cars came out and then i don't know let's see here let's abandon the entire market that we that exists yeah i had a i had a talon tsi and it was you know i i heard a lot of it was about the time the 4.6 mustang started coming out you know and uh, I, I heard, I heard a lot of feelings with, with that little car, you know. Which you know, being a, being an ex drag racer and going to the track and stuff like that, you know, I knew how to get out of the hole in a car like that and and, and change the gears right. And of course, they would they would be reeling me in on on the big end, but you know, they they were they were sucking hind tit pretty hard, having to catch up with me and. Uh, there, there were several of them that just didn't even get their time slip and went home, you know, on, on just fun grudge racing, testing tune nights, you know, <laughs> of course mine wasn't stock, but I mean, it looked stock on the outside and it, it, it hurt some feelings. <laughs> okay. I, I've known you for 20 years now, almost to the day. And it's the first time you ever talked to me about owning a... <laughs> <laughs> an import this is this must be a confessional for will and that we might have an episode title <laughs> we're not going to ruin your we're not going to ruin your name at the next good guys event we're talking about your <laughs> well i'll tell you i'll tell you the quick story of how i acquired this car um a good friend of mine named fred abel in coleman alabama uh, was looking for a little truck and I had a 98 S10 that was, of course, slammed right on the ground with Americans. And, I mean, it, it, it looked like a little hot rod truck, you know. And that's what I drove back and forth to work. And he needed a truck. And I'm like, well, what you got? He goes, man, I got this little Eagle Talon. 
And I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't know. He said, well, just come drive it. I was like, all right, whatever. So I drove it, and I'm like, dude, this old thing will scoot. And he goes, I'll trade you straight up for the S10. And I'm like, oh, screw it. Okay, whatever. So we traded straight up, and I, I had the little talon for a little while. And I had a lot of fun with that car, you know. Old man pulled out in front of me. Totaled it. That ha- seems seems so to one happen. Of the, one of the few times, one of the few times I wasn't going. I say that time. seems to happen quite often up there. Uh, I know a few people that seem to have had people pull out in front of them, up in your neck of the woods. Well, curvy roads and yeah, it's country roads, and you know, I think people pull out all the time. No, nobody's ever on those roads, and so yep. you, you just don't quite look as hard as you should it's not like driving down the you know main drag here in the city no no it happens a lot it happens a lot but yep i owned an import i actually owned two but i'm not saying what the other one was (laughs) no there's an i guess a pretty interesting conversation on you know, what makes a sleeper? For some reason, I always think of a Nova as a sleeper. I don't know why. They were always fast cars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you could take a 74 or 5 Nova or whatever, those hatchback-looking ones. I think they started in 73. I'm not sure how many years they made them. Now, be careful. When Derek hears this, he'll get all defensive about his GTO. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they were heavy. And they were slow and not very pretty. Let's be honest. Ain't no sense uh, hiding it. But, you know, you get one of them and put a, you know, romping, stomping motor in it. It'd be somewhat of a sleeper, but, you know, not not like some other cars. But there's a couple. I remember we were, when we were drag racing, we had a 67 Camaro that was. You know, full tube car. It was, it was, it was an all-out race car. It's it all it was good for. And we were at the track one night, and then come this '67 or '8 Chevelle station wagon. You know, big old grandma car, and uh, they took the tires off the back and put slicks on it, and it had a primer spot on the driver's door. And somebody just wrote spot above it, you know, so the name of the car was spot and holy cow, it had some monster big block with nitrous on it. And dude, it was like the fastest thing there. You know, it blew our car away. And I mean, we're, we're set up for it. And this old heavy wagon was toting the front wheels and just gone. So that, that, that car always comes to mind when I think about a sleeper too. I was trying to throw out see if there were any more factory ones, but it's you're right. The home built stuff is up. That's to me where the sleeper is. It's just taking something that nobody expects anything out of. And, you know, I would say it'd be like taking my transit connect and dropping my SHO motor in it. It's there you go. That'd be cool. All wheel drive transit. <laughs> 400. Be awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, Zara told me the, this week, no, I can't send you my van in a blank check. 
Oh, man, come on. But I'm still looking at the uh, rocket racing wheels and the the rap ideas. I started getting on the old iPad and drawing up a couple of things. So why it won't be a sleeper, oh. but we might might be able to do some modifications. I just remembered another ultimate sleeper that was built. It was not a bought one. Um, we were at the indie good guys show four years ago, maybe. Anyway, Scotty D shot this car. So you had to pull the video up and watch it. Um, it was a Yugo. All right. It had a 500 Cadillac motor in the front and a 500 Cadillac motor in the back. So the front engine powered the front wheels and the back engine powered the back wheels. And <laughs> that thing would roll. And a Yugo. I don't even know how you'd fit all of that in there. <laughs> you gotta you gotta pull this video up and watch it. It's it, it is it's completely absurd. And it was an older gentleman that did it at home and you know, like he could run it off just the back motor or just the front motor. He could run it off both of them. It's pretty wild. Pretty freaking wild. <laughs> I forgot about that thing. We need to put we need to share that video on our Facebook page. See if you can dig it up. I'll 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 look for it. I'm getting a little bit better finding that stuff and remembering to post some of it. I think I still owe a couple more Transit Connect cool pictures to the uh, Instagram and that from last week's episode. But with that, we're going to be right about 50 minutes. And I think if we sat here and dwelled on it, we're going to come up with a few more sleepers. But I think we had a good conversation about sleepers. I think Derek should. Yeah, I think we did too. I think uh, Derek should join us again next week. Uh, maybe. You know. If his wife lets him, I mean, maybe she just tolerated this podcast until she was married. Yeah. Now, now that she's bought the hog. <laughs> but with that, I'm probably going to say, unless you've got anything to add to this, I don't mean to abruptly end it, but I think uh, I'm going to say good night. Yeah, I'm ready to call it a night, too. Okay. Go home and take a dip in the pool and go to bed. Yeah, then, yeah, I won't say anything about your pool. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it. I'm out.